another day. All right, let's ride. No playing this ride number 71, hosted by Blackout, man. Um, Got a few things to talk to you guys about. My shitty weekend, New Zealand, and just a couple other topics I wanted to get off. Uh, there's a record label alternative I just found out about that I want to talk about real quick for all the independent cats out there who may or may not be listening or you may or may not know. Thank you if you've been listening for a while. And if you're new, every Monday is when I try to put this out. I talk about all types of shit. It's called No Playing This Ride because I'm poor. I'm broke. I can't afford the studio. So I got my handy dandy old school Zoom One. And I have the Audio Technica lapel mic. And I get in the car and I get it cracking. In the nutshell, that's it. So let me go ahead and get into my, my terrible weekend, man. So you heard me singing the Boondock style new shoes song, but related to my couch. Well, I had a shitty couch. Because I move a lot, and it's light, and it's easy to move. But it got to the point where we had, me and my family had wore this damn couch out. The cushion was getting flat, and we finally said, you know what? We're going to put some money away, and we're going to get another couch. So we went to a great furniture company. I won't say out in the Chula Vista, San Diego area. Name starts with a J. We went out, looked at a couch, and I found one. The perfect one for a family is just, it's fluffy, it's comfortable. It's got a, it's like a pewter grayish color almost, and it's soft, and it looks like you can get on that bitch and fall right to sleep. And that's exactly what I need as a family man with two kids, right? I don't need nothing fancy. The leather looks cool, and I, I saw some leather joints I liked with the cup holders, but I can't lay across that. And the way my house is set up, I don't, I don't have space for anything that's going to recline back. It's going to hit a wall just the way our living space is built. So I just wanted something that's upright that I could just come home and lay it right across that motherfucker. And it has a little chase and all that. And I'd be Gucci, right? So we, we ordered a couch. Boom. They come to the, deliver the couch. And before they put our couch in, they're going to take our old couch out. So two homies, two Mexican homies, cool cats, come in, grab the shit, take the old couch out, and start bringing the new couch in. So they bring, they bring the chase in first. Boom, then they bring the ottoman in, and as they're getting the, the sofa part of the couch, I notice something about it looks a little bit off. But I'm not sure, maybe it's the way they got to set it up, so I'm going to wait until they unwrap it and kind of do what they got to do. This was my mistake. I should have said something as soon as I looked at it, but I wasn't 100% sure. So sure enough, they bring it all the way up, and I'm looking at it, just trying to confirm, and I'm like, son of a bitch. They got me two chase pieces. So if you don't know the, the, what a chase is, if you've ever seen the couch that just has this elongated part that looks like you can, on, it's on the end where it looks like you can just kind of, you know, kick off your shoes and lay your feet up and stretch out. That's where the chase is and it's connected to the rest of a regular style couch and they just kind of meet 
in the L shape. If you don't know what I'm talking about at all. So for me, this is a huge fucking problem. Because the homie's being honest. He's like, hey, man, your, your other couch is on the truck already. I think that bitch broke when I threw it in the truck. And I'm like, damn. So I had to end up, my, when my wife ended up calling the people back, the guys tried to get the, the folks on the phone. And it turns out that somewhere in the warehouse, somebody made the mistake of labeling the chase as the sofa. So they brought two chases instead of a, a one uh, chase in the sofa. And then after arguing with the fucking people on the phone, come to find out that the couch that they said they had in stock, they did not have in stock. And they wanted us to take back our old shitty couch, which was thrown on the truck, and send them back their couch and wait two more weeks for us to have our shit in stock. So I immediately lost my mind and had to had to walk away, let my wife handle the conversation for a little bit. Then I had to come back and get back on the phone. And me and the lady kept going back and forth. And I was just like, listen, I need to speak to a manager. I'm not giving you my, giving you all up what I paid for back just to get rid of, just to get back the same bum-ass furniture I was trying to get rid of. That's not happening. And then she wanted me to give back one chase and just, and keep half. But I'm like, you got all my money. But you want me to keep half, then again, this is not going to work. So you're going to let me keep both until you get the rest of my sofa fees. And then once you get my sofa, we can initiate the swap and we don't have to pay for the delivery fee. Needless to say, I got my way. Because the customer should always be right. When you when you when that's the industry you're in, you know, you're dealing with people's furniture, deliveries and shit. It's not my fault somebody fucked up. That's the fuck up on your behalf. So long story short, I have been waiting for this couch for like a month. Just getting the logistics together, getting the money together, making the decision because I got some other shit going on. I just had to make sure I was around. But we finally got it to work. I couldn't wait to get off my raggedy ass couch and go to sleep on my brand new shit. But then somebody in the warehouse got it delivered and messed up everything. Pissed me off. So, that being said, when you're talking to customer service people, try to be as respectful as possible, but make sure you get your point across and let them know that you ain't going to take no shit, because there's always somebody above them that you can talk to, to get your just due as a paying customer. Never forget that. And also, uh, another part of my terrible weekend was I had to relinquish my dog, I had to surrender my dog, and uh, do what I could do to get him into a, a better home. Now, to some people, pets aren't a big deal. I'm kind of cavemanish, and the reason why I have dogs, I just want somebody to watch the house while I'm not in there. But over time, you know, you get you get to love them. They become a part of their family, and you want to make sure they're taken care of. Well, situations change, and I got a lot of stuff going on, and I just kind of felt like he was being neglected, and he needed to be somewhere where he could be appreciated more, right? And as a family, we loved him. We fed him and all that shit. Had him last with him. It was cool. We took him across country when we moved and everything. So it wasn't like we were just, you know, we just had him for a little bit and we just giving him away. Nah, we had homeboy for three years through some pretty trying times. But I had to look at it from a standpoint like, you know what? My situation with my availability is only going to get worse. And what's the best move for me to do for him? So that's the move I had to make. 
and it just kind of hurt me a little bit more because of the symbolism of the dog. So the dog is a pit. And for me, that symbolism is not what a lot of people think it is, like, oh, it's, you know, it's a tough, dangerous dog, whatever. No, it's exactly, it's exactly this. As a black person, I feel like we, like, the pit bull and the black person directly relate. We are... Uh, we are a people and a dog that was utilized in this country for a specific purpose. They used to fight them and, you know, uh, wager money on them back in the day. And us, you know, our background is linked to slavery. And then once once those purposes for us kind of went away, to some people we became a nuisance. People didn't want us around, didn't want to see us on a level as, you know, other dogs or as people. They wanted to see us as a nuisance where... We're, we're parallel in a lot of ways. We're seen as either stereotyped as either in a positive way as loyal, durable, fierce. You know what I mean? We're, we're brave. We'll fight you to the end for our family. Then on the flip side of that, we're seen as aggressive, dangerous, and a nuisance. So the parallels between black people and pit bulls, they kind of they link. So it was, a, it was especially bad that him being that breed um, I felt really bad about having to give him up, but I'm confident because I live in California. It's super dog friendly out here, and he's a great fucking dog, a really good dog, great looking dog, not too big, not too small, doesn't really bark unless somebody uh, rings the doorbell at a weird time or knocks too hard on the door. Other than that, great dog. He'll be good to go in no time. He's gonna find himself a great family, but it was. It fucked up my weekend, and it's gonna, it's gonna hurt for a little bit. But if you're ever in a situation like I'm in, man, and you you wanna you wanna keep a pet, but you know there may be a better option for him, man, do what's best in the best interest of the pet. Don't be selfish and keep. I should have actually did it a while ago, but do what's in the best interest of that pet. Um, and that's enough about my shitty weekend because as I'm going through my my issues with my weekend, I'm realizing that the problems I have. With a couch and a, and a dog is some first world bullshit. And there's people out there that don't have none of that shit. And there's real world shit going on. And that brings me to the New Orleans, the, not the New Orleans, the New Zealand shooting of the mosque. And I've been, I've been lucky enough to travel all over the South Pacific. I've been to Australia. I didn't make it to New Zealand, but I have met people from there. And from what I know, they just seem like happy people. Happy people just doing their thing. And I didn't even really know, you know, forgive my ignorance, but I didn't really know about the Muslim population there. I had no clue. So when I heard Muslim population, the mosque getting shot up in New Zealand, this shit blew my mind. I was like, wow, okay. That's eye-opening. But I I have to, you know, remember how big this religion is. I have to remember, like, it's on the same level as Christianity. It's just not as prevalent where I live, I just have to remember that, and uh, it 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 makes me feel a certain type of way, because one, I didn't feel a certain type of way, I had to go look at pictures to try to get some emotion, but we've been so, so overrun and exposed to mass shootings, it's like, I'm kind of numb to it, and it's not that I don't recognize that it's a fucked up situation, nah. I completely recognize what the situation is. It's just that 
I would have thought me seeing that would have made me feel something more. And I didn't. And this is just, you know, me being 100% honest. I didn't feel as much as I would have liked to feel. Maybe that's something with me. I've got things going on in my life and had things happen that have made me look at things and be calm in certain situations. Maybe that's just a personality flaw I have where I can't identify. But I think as a person that I, I should have felt something. But it just goes to, it goes to show, like, when you get exposed to something over and over and over again, like, the more you see it, the less you feel it. It's like, okay, well, this is, there's no surprise that some angry person wouldn't have shot up a mosque. And there isn't. To be honest, like, the Muslim people have to be the most hated people in the world right now. And it's been that way since 9-11. I don't think they were ever really put on any pedestal, but they definitely were put on the, um, put on the blotter. They were put, you know, center stage in a negative, in a negative way since then, definitely. Now, there's been issues in the Middle East before, but especially in like say Palestine and Israel and all, and all that, and then you had um, Saddam Hussein, you had everything going on in Iran, well before my time. There's definitely been issues with hostages and terror terror attacks and all that shit, but nothing like since 9/11. And then with the the increase in media, it's been ridiculous. The coverage is damn near nonstop. You can get news about the Middle East every day, but to see that this happened way out in New Zealand was kind of mind blowing, and just the fact that it was live streamed. It makes it even it makes it even worse. And as I I was looking into this, I went to the little CNN app and I read something about how they're saying that the internet is helping radicalize people. And as I read that, I'm like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. We know this. This is where a lot of people get a lot of their content from. And the way that algorithm works, if you've been on Facebook or YouTube or any major platform. The more you look for stuff, it's going to pop up. It's going to it's going to lead from one video to the next, and I don't know too many people who haven't fallen down that YouTube wormhole, or looking through one video, and you get dragged into 15 videos. The next thing you know, it's it's 4:30 in the morning, and you know who, you know who shot JFK, you know who bombed, uh, who did the the bombing in Lebanon, you know all about the 9/11 attacks and who really prints the money and all that shit. You know all that. But just going, the right clicks, the right likes, the right comments, and the right subscriptions. You get all that in a wave. So I can easily see how somebody who was maybe um, feeling like they're insignificant in society or they have nothing to cling to, so maybe they, they grasp on to something because they're a Muslim kid who may be in a, a space in the U.S. or some other country to where they're being fucked with all the time and they're getting treated a certain way, and then they end up seeing ISIS, and they become empowered by that. Or maybe there's some some person in a rural area who isn't a white supremacist or somebody who's not around diff different ethnicities, and they see that, and it's empowering to them, and then they become a white supremacist or white nationalist or whatever. Or even just the, the kid who doesn't really have any money and gets indoctrinated into the street life by watching shit on Worldstar. And because he wants to have what they are calling, you know, they, they're using the word clout now, who wants to be popping, have clout, he starts resorting to violent behavior or just ridiculous behavior so he can put it on Worldstar, YouTube, or whatever, and get the views up, not thinking five minutes into the future. 
the internet definitely plays a part in radicalizing people. Yes, 100%. There are lots and lots and lots of vulnerable minds out there. And obviously it's going to start when the individual is younger in age. But parents, we as parents, have to make sure that we kind of peek over the shoulder of our children and see what they're paying attention to and how often they're looking at it to kind of catch and nip this shit in the bud and let them know that, hey, stay grounded. We got to stay grounded, stay focused. You don't need, there's nothing you need to fall into. But for these grown people who get involved in this shit and they get stuck in it, it's just you like maybe like a click away. If you have nothing to cling on to and you're watching news all day long and maybe you, you're hyper-liberal and you want to be a part of Antifa or maybe you're a hardline conservative background and you think that the people involved in Black Lives Matter are, bu- are a bunch of fucking terrorists and that everything said on certain news channels is the truth, it's not that hard. It's not hard when you got networks willing to stand next to and yes, I'm talking about Fox News in particular. They get their whole audience from their fucked up rhetoric. But it's successful for them. That's what it, it's just like how rap music, if people were really against hearing violent lyrics and rap music, a lot of rappers wouldn't have careers. But trap music exists solely because People are willing to turn a blind eye to the actual content in the song and pay attention to the rhythm and the small part of the song. I'm not calling them equal, but I'm saying the method ain't that far off. So I think we as a people have to be more cognizant of of what we allow ourselves to be drawn into and take be able to take a break, take a step back from all that shit and focus on ourselves as an individual. If you feel like you have nothing to cling to, volunteer. Read a book about something else. Watch some sports. Cling to a goddamn sports team. So sports is great if you want to kill some time and be passionate about some shit without having to worry about going to jail. If you have self-control. Because some people still end up going to jail. Neither here nor there. But we just have to make sure we take care of our youth. And if we see anybody in our peer group, which we shouldn't be at my age, Falling off into shit like this, you know, it, uh, we, we got to look out for each other. We got to. Because this this individual who I didn't really care to look up that much, I'm going to be 100% honest with you, because that shit pissed, it really made me mad that he went and killed 50 goddamn people. Because you're mad. 50 people. None of whom did anything to you. Because let's let's keep it a beam, man. This this guy is a fucking coward. Brenton Tarrant, whatever you ever say his name, he's a coward. And I say that because, like, if you really want to smoke with a Muslim, with a man, man to man, catch him on a, a Thursday, a Wednesday, a Tuesday, a Monday, a Sunday. Maybe a Saturday. Don't catch them on. Don't sneak up on them, you know, on on Friday when it's the, that's their prayer day. Friday, when they're with women and children trying to pray and minding their business. If you want to smoke with a Muslim man, go catch him out in the street. Talk to him. 
asking questions. That's when you do shit like that. You go into shooting up a bunch of people, you ain't prove shit. You prove how easily manipulated you are by other people to go do some stupid shit like that. These people have families. You got a family that has to now deal with the consequences of the stupid shit you did. It just it just doesn't make sense to me. I guess because I'm I'm a man. And I could never foresee myself doing no stupid shit like that. No cowardly act like that. That's, that's not human nature. That's that's something else. Like that guy is that guy is subhuman. He's not mentally ill. He knew exactly what the fuck he was doing. People make me sick. I wonder what the excuse is gonna be though. Because apparently this is somebody who traveled all over the fucking world. Spending time places. These are places where you think he would have been immersed in the culture and been and been in the situation where he had to feel more connected to the world because until I traveled, I didn't give a fuck about nobody else. But now that I've been to a few places oh, all over the globe, been in Middle Eastern countries and shit, I feel more connected to the world. The New Zealand shit just blew my mind because after being in the Middle East, you don't think about Muslims in New Zealand. I, I just don't. But here we are again dealing with another coward. Shooting people who've done nothing to him. Killing people he didn't understand. For what? But the people, they play on the computer and they make these videos. And they say these things about people. Not realizing how much weight their voice carries. Now we got 50 dead people because of one dusty motherfucker. It's a damn shame. It's a damn shame. And we wonder why relationships in the Middle East are rocky. Why people say things they do. And it, it's just, it's like it, it like it, it's like it never ends. If it ain't something happening abroad or something happening in our country, and we as Americans have to have to figure out a way to love where we're from. And remember that the actions of a few don't carry the weight. The, the rest of the people in that category don't carry that weight. And it's, it's not easy. It's hard. And a perfect example, I'll say, is the, it's like the flag of the anthem. Now, the anthem, I understand that with some racist undertones to the anthem and shit that I get. I have no problem with people protesting the anthem. I'm with Cap all day on that. I understand what he was saying. He just wants the values to be upheld. I get it. And that's why, like, when people went out, like, it was a couple years ago when you had young black people destroying American flags and shit, something I disagree with. I got too many people that serve for me to ever be okay with that. While me understanding that, there's been some shit happening in this country. There's still things happening in this country that I don't necessarily agree with. And as much as I like to trace my lineage back to Africa with the DNA samples and all that shit, I'm from the U.S. I'm from here. I'm from the United States of America. I'm not 100% African. I got other shit sprinkled in there. I'm American. African-American. 
So that flag is my flag. Now, if at any point I don't feel like that flag is worthy of my respect, then I need to think about whether or not I still want to be here. And that's just me being honest. Because if it's that bad, if it's that bad, you need to, one, figure out how you're contributing to it being bad. Two, figure out how you can fix it. Or three, decide whether or not you should be here or not. And I'm not trying to be an asshole because I'm keeping the bean. If we really don't like the way that we are being handled in this country, we need to do things to change it. We need to vote to make sure that we can't be fucked over by laws by paying attention to what's on the ballots. We in this country are free. We have the option to leave. If you're not willing to make it better, you have the right to leave. Now, I'm not saying that black people should leave and go nowhere. But I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't, I would definitely understand if people decided, hey, you know what, this ain't for me. I can't roll with it. I'm out. I ain't mad at you for that. I'm not. I like where I live. I like the diversity we have. And I just didn't, I didn't like the destroying of the flag where you live. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's like, you live here. If you're not going to leave, if you're not going to make it better, then what are you doing? You know what I mean? It's almost like you you don't burn the deed to your own house. Now, I'm, I can't really explain it now because I'm just not thinking about it, but it's like you, you still live here. You should try to make it better. Because when the Olympics come on, everybody want to root for their country. You know what I mean? When the Olympics come on, oh, well, we're... USA gymnastic team, USA basketball, USA soccer, USA, all that shit. So it's not perfect. It's not a perfect place at all. We ain't been great in my opinion, and we ain't great now. We're pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. There's a lot of shit that we can improve, though. And the way we treat, the way we treat each other is one of those things. But let's, black people, let's focus. If we want to stay, black people that want to stay in the U.S., if we have issues with the flag, let's try to find ways to make the flag uphold what we we are taught is supposed to uphold. If that makes sense. This ain't no love or to leave a speech. If you want to leave, by all means, I understand. All ass. But if you want to stay, let's make it better. That's all I'm saying. You get a little individual way. I don't give a fuck. Hey, I mean, I picked up a piece of trash today. Nobody picked up. Hey, you contributing to the positive vibes in the world. I ain't mad at that. You holding the door open for somebody? Cool. It's the little things that get lost. When we so worried about political affiliation and race and gender, or whether you think you have a specific race or gender and all that shit, we got to be people first. Be people first. Be citizens first, and then things should improve from there. I would hope. It's a pie-in-the-sky pipe dream, but shit, I got to shoot my shot if I want things to improve. I just want people to be happy. That's it, man. I just want people to be happy, but I figure, you know, hey, I might as well give my, my little feeling about it. And I know I probably pissed some people off, but believe me, I'm highly aware of the bullshit that took place under the flag of the United States of America. Uh, 
100% understand that, but I also have friends who are buried under that flag. I've also had a great fucking time living in the U.S. I've been able to do shit that I would have never dreamed of because I live here. And I don't know if I could have did it in France. I don't know if I could have did it in Lagos. I don't know if I could have did it in Cameroon. I don't know if I could have did it in Senegal, Jamaica, Haiti, or uh, Puerto Rico. I don't know. I know I did it here. So I got to respect what I was able to do here. And then the people I've met here and this beautiful weather living in Florida and California. I'm spoiled, baby. Let me love it here. Football, baseball, basketball, rap music, shit. Just things about this motherfucker to love. Different people, different food, different culture, different types of art. Man, come on. We have to acknowledge the bad, enjoy the good, and focus on how to make shit better. And that that's how I want to end that. But there's one more thing I want to talk about, and it's something I had no clue existed until my one of my homies, I think he did a deal with this um with this company, and it's called Masters United. I think that's what it's called. I hope I ain't got it wrong. And I didn't know what it was. My homie, he got his record label shit going, independent guy, and he just put the pick up. I had no clue what it was, so me being me, I had to go look it up because, you know, I had no damn clue. And, uh... From what I got, I went and looked on the YouTubes because that's why I like to go learn things. And I went on the interwebs because that's another place I like to go learn things. It's United Masters, excuse me. It's United Masters. And um, what apparently this is is supposed to be an alternative for independent artists making record deals. So when I was on the YouTube, I went to click in United Masters, see what popped up. And when I was on the internet first, I went and looked it up. And who was in charge of this shit? Turns out it's Steve Stout, and then things started to make sense. Now, I don't know, I didn't know exactly who Steve Stout was, but I know he was a big dog in the in the music industry. I knew he was a big dog in the, in the music industry. I figured he was an executive or manager, A&R or something, and I was pretty much right. Steve Stout has managed a lot of talent, a lot of legendary talent, and he's really a marketing marketing advertising guru to say the least he's been in the business for a long time and uh he's done a good job and from what i understand via the brand man on youtube i had never heard of this guy until today but there's a guy named the brand man on youtube i guess he discusses brand but united masters popped up and from what i read and from what i listened to this is basically a company that looks out, of course they're going to get paid, but they work with independent artists to get them placement and to get them deals with companies they would have never had the opportunity to. So it basically puts them in the spot to compete with artists on major labels to get placement with uh, companies like, say, like the, the big one they kept throwing out was like the NBA. And the NBA is big with social media. And from what I got from the brand man on YouTube, it's basically... There are big companies out there that are creating more content than ever. And a lot of time with content, they like to put music with the content. So if I got it right, what United Masters does is they sift through your content and find the music that you have that matches up with something that a, big, a bigger company may have. And they help get you placement with these bigger companies.
if that makes sense. And I feel like that's genius. It's like the opposite of a 360 deal. Because if you listen or pay attention to music, I, what I believe, from my understanding, is a 360 deal created by, I think, Leroy Cohen is a deal where the artist signs with the label and then the label eats off of everything the artist does. So if the artist is getting money from, say, they get like a like a Pepsi ad, like maybe like Cardi B or like a, a, um, a Nautica sponsorship or whatever, or partnership like Lil Yachty has, the label gets some of that kickback off of things you did outside of that. Because the label is going to do a lot for you. They're going to they're gonna promote you. They'll probably provide you with writers and producers and all that shit, depending on the level and the skill and talent of the artist and what they do on their own. But the promotion and the distribution is going to be the big thing. And the label's going to take their chunk out, and the artist is going to be left with their tiny percentage. For the 360 deal, you're going, they're going to take some of what you get from stuff you're doing outside as well. So what United Masters is doing is you're going to sift through work with the independents to help these guys get the same type of placement majors get, people on major labels get. And it may not be like the NBA playoff commercial like J. Cole or J. Rock, whoever just got. It may be something on the NBA social media page because now these big companies need more content to match up with things they're doing that are not always on a, um, a major network scale. Maybe it may be social media-wise via video clip. And if you look at the parallels like A Boogie, A Boogie had with the guys in the Jelly Fam and shit back in the, a couple years ago, how his rise paralleled, th paralleled uh, their rise. They got their videos on Instagram, YouTube, whatever, and his music's in the background. You tie one to the other, and they both do well, and they both elevate, if what I'm saying makes sense. So I think United Masters is a genius move. I think the fact that Steve Stout is at the head of this makes a lot of sense and it's going to benefit the uh, the artists that work with the company because of his his one his reputation and then two his ability to network because he has to have lots of relationships throughout the music industry I, I think he had like a board that had the likes of Jay-Z and Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith on one board for one product he was working on so that's that's four big names right there. You got Jay-Z, Will Jada, and Steve Stout all on one board. That's big. That's big in the black community. So shout out to anybody that's going to work with them or is working with them or thinking about it. If you're independent and you want to keep your shit and not be forced to go fuck with a major, I, I wouldn't not look into it. I'm just wondering when they're going to start messing with podcasts. But I'm being selfish. But I got to shoot my shot. And um, that's all I got for you guys, man. Make your best day your next day, man. Be better tomorrow than you were today, man. One time for all those lost um, over in New Zealand. Peace to whoever was affected by it, whether it be directly, whether it be religiously, or whether it just be as a person, man. I wish you the best in dealing with this shit. Y'all be easy out there. I'm at noplayinthisrondongmail.com, all over case. I'm on Twitter, NoPlay247, capital N, lowercase o, capital P-L-A-Y. Hit me up on Twitter. I always say this. I'll never do it, but I understand. I'm kind of weird. But, yeah, man, um, thank you guys for listening. Tell a friend to tell a friend, man. Subscribe, please. Rock with me. Share it on your social media platforms, on the interwebs. 
I don't give a damn if you write it down and pass it as a note. Like when I was in school, if you got to do that, cool. Email it, uh, retweet it, share it on Facebook. If you got MySpace and that shit still works, share it there. But most importantly, man, find a way to make yourself a better person. And hopefully that energy will resonate with somebody else. Longer by over. Y'all be good. Peace.